Secrets, Episode 6, Tales from the Therapy Room. I spot Bissy from the corner of my eye. She shuffles into the clinic. She appears to be limping. Her face is racked with pain as she positions one foot in front of her. For some reason, I do not wish for her to see me. I use this as an opportunity to watch her as she moves slowly towards the front desk. She is wearing a long Macintosh coat. It accentuates her small waist and curvaceous hips. Just as I turn the corner, she calls out my name, Fala. Her voice is fruity, velvety and soft, like the first of April showers. I want to pretend that I have not heard her calling me. My mind returns to what happened last session, when she removed her blouse, how she guided my hand towards her breast. I had felt both shocked, horrified and exhilarated. It had happened within the twinkling of an eye and I had urgently pulled my hand away. I had decided to speak with my supervisor about it. It had felt deeply uncomfortable about the momentary seduction. Follow, my supervisor had said, this is the only way Bissy knows how to connect with others by using the power of her seduction. If you can bear it and bear to sit with it, then you need to hold her in that moment. This is a really important aspect of your work together. Beside the pain on Biss's face, she looks stunning. Her makeup is light but flawless. She brings into the room a beautiful aroma that has added to the erotism that I have started to feel towards her. Again, I hear my supervisor's voice. If you can bear to hold her psychologically, this is an important part of your work together. She needs to be seen as a person without feeling objectified, without needing to use her body as a way of finding the validation she so desperately needs. I have had many lovers, Bissy says matter-of-factly. Marriage has never appealed to me. I have no interest in any of that. Of what benefit is marriage to me? Sometimes I forget their names. Your lovers, I interject. Yes, she replies. Sometimes I feel that I am an expert in the, in the art of seduction. But deep inside, I despise men. They remind me of my father. To me, they are a hated species. My mother had many lovers too. I lost count. In between her relationship with her brother, my father, there were many. I would lay there at night hearing her screams of passion and laughter. All I felt was hatred for them all. She entertained them one after another. Some would leer at me as they embraced my mother. I hated being at home and left as soon as I could. I was only 16 at the time. 
I lived rough for a while, often living off the kindness of strangers. Most times they wanted something in return and I would willingly give it to them. I would allow my body to be used. It meant nothing to me anyway. Anything was better than living on the streets. It meant I could feel human for a while and remove the ugly stench from the streets that clung to my body. Suddenly, she stands up from her chair and walks the short distance in the room towards me. I watch her magnetism, her beauty as it radiates as the sun's ray leans on her forehead. She rifts around in her chair before she stands up like a spider who has caught its victim in her web. I bow my face to the ground, refusing to be bewitched by her beauty. She smirks as I sit frozen in my chair. I am speechless, not knowing what to do or what to say. She stands there silently, watching my every move, as if waiting to pounce like a cheetah approaching its kill. Follow, you look very uncomfortable. I shift uncomfortably in my chair, toying with the words that are forming patterns in my mouth. I am unable to get them out. I know that this enactment is an important part of our work together. If I blow it, if I say the wrong thing, the work may come to a crushing end. She is right, I feel uncomfortable. Memories from last session come flooding back. Her silky skin, her pert nipples pressing against her thin see-through blouse. I am aware of the erotism in the counselling room. This is difficult, but I will not be drawn into this. My career in therapy flashes before my eyes. I could lose everything. I remember my supervisor's voice as she reminds me that if I can bear this seduction, if I can overcome the lure of Bissy's beauty, then a small part of the work will be accomplished. This is frightening. I feel ashamed as feelings of passion stir within me. I feel moved and touched by her story and by the vulnerable woman who sits in front of me. I am afraid, Bissy says weakly, her voice filled with vulnerability. I haven't heard before. I want to feel better, but I don't know how. She groans a deep groan. Taking on many lovers sometimes, three at a time, did nothing to ease the pain, she says, faltering, as the words come out. Some fell in love with me, but I discarded them like fallen leaves. The more I pushed them aside, the more they wanted me. Catching me off guard, she moves towards me with the sleekness of a Siamese cat, her eyes purring, glistening. I cry out softly as her finger touches my moist lips. She steps backwards, giving me just enough time to regain my composure. Within a twinkling of an eye, her Macintosh is on the floor, in a fallen, scattered heap, just like my emotions. My head has been bowed, looking at the floor, feeling ashamed, feeling a pent-up passion, an emotion that I am aware I cannot explore or express.
I stare at her nakedness in front of me for a moment, but her lips look cruel. There is a bitterness to them, a disdain, as she looks directly at me. I have a few minutes to make a choice. Bissy, I am your therapist and not your lover. At that, I bend down lovingly and reach for her coat. I place it lovingly around her shoulders. I care for you, I say again, but not in the way you may think. I lead her to her chair and watch her as she takes a seat. I sigh a sense of relief under my breath. I see the shame cross her face. I tell her that she has nothing to fear, nothing to be ashamed about. This is our work. Everything that has happened between us is part of the therapy. For the remaining few minutes of the session, we sit together in silence, listening to the gentle humming of the universe, saying nothing but knowing everything. When it's time to leave, she rises. See you next week, Paula. As she leaves, I collapse deeper in, into my chair, crying intensely and releasing all the pent-up passion and emotion that my heart can take.